Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Live Well Bipolar. This is a first time ever in the podcast history that I am doing an in-person interview with a special guest, and I'm going to let you guys know who this is, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second. But her name is Vienna Prinkevich, and she was diagnosed with bipolar type two disorder and ADHD. She is a filmmaker, recent graduate of Northern Arizona University and is currently pursuing creative interests such as music, acting, and art directing. And fun fact for those who don't know and don't recognize the name Prinkevich, that was my old name before I got married in March this year, which makes her my little sister. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. And the reason I wanted to record this episode is I had one of you guys and a few reach out and I said, I'm going to go and ask someone. And I want to see if this will be a yes. So I'm going to pass the mic over (laughs) and let you guys get introduced to Vienna, my little sister who I have known for 28 years and let her tell you all a little bit about who she is. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Hi, this is Vienna Prinkevich. I am Pierce's younger sister, not the youngest, but almost the youngest. <laughs> there's, there's four of us. <laughs> Five children. Yeah, yeah, a four girls. <laughs> yes, all city names except for- Except for Alex. For Alex. Yeah. Yes. Dad, Dad got to name the boys. Alexander <laughs> <Hamilton>. <laughs> <So cool. laughs> but I'm Vienna. I just graduated recently from NAU in May 2023. I studied creative media and film with an independent filmmaking emphasis and a minor in journalism. I am currently pursuing creative interests such as music and acting and art direction like person. <laughs> and I'm excited to have her on the podcast, you guys, because I had a question and someone was asking about this. And many of you guys know, I was diagnosed with bipolar one when I was 19. So almost 10 years ago. And we in Vienna were talking before we hit record and we were like, and there's more. Um, she is diagnosed with bipolar type two yeah. disorder. And I thought it would be so interesting to be able to have her perspective and share many of her experiences with you guys, because some of the main things that she wants to talk about that I think you guys would find very helpful if you are listening to this and you are living with bipolar or you love someone who does, and you want to learn more about what it's like to live with bipolar type two. And I wanted to bring Vienna on because a few of the things that she wanted to cover is how to manage ups and downs and being able to have self-compassion in these moments, tying in the importance of sobriety, her journey with that, also what it means to have a supportive partner. And right now the transition between college and the real world. So given that we have all these topics to cover Vienna, if you want to start with your story, when you got diagnosed that experience, and then when you were able to come into all of the other components that you're dealing with now that you're managing with now. So Go ahead and let us take it back from the start. Okay. Um, so I did get diagnosed after I left a very, very toxic relationship. Paris met the guy. Nothing to write home about in any way. 
<laughs> but yeah, I moved out all of my stuff. My friends helped me move out all of my stuff from his place that summer. And then I went home. Um, I wasn't doing well emotionally, mentally anyway. And I had already been seeing a psychiatrist and they had said I had anxiety and it was just generalized anxiety. I assumed I had OCD, but that was never an official diagnosis. And I was taking anxiety meds, a very low dose for a while, and then up the dose right after left the boyfriend mm-hmm. and moved home. And it was like summer and I was like in a manic episode. And this was the first time I've ever been in a manic episode and I didn't know what was happening. And yeah, so I didn't know how to manage that. Um, I- Wait, I remember that. <laughs> no, yes, I, I was there. So that was the summer because I remember you were texting me and we were having a conversation and you thought that I was your therapist. Yeah, I was remember? Like, I and then that's when I was like, this is not real. you said, should I be there at eight or something? And I was like, I think she's pranking me. And for a second, I thought that you were messing with me. And I was like, is she trying to make fun of me? Because I'm not a therapist, girl. And I know you know that because at one point I was I was going to school for, and I was like, does she think that I'm like, this is real life. But the thing that that I thought was really good that I didn't ever expect it is how mom came to me and was like, Hey, I want to talk to you to be able to understand Vienna to like be able to support her and both mom and dad. So you can tell, talk to it better than I can. Cause I can just say what I think I know. I was like, Oh yeah. Then she went in the hospital and then this kind of happened. But so after the, the text messages, you, did you, were you hospitalized? Like yeah how short so okay so yeah I was texting you I I kept getting it confused I didn't know the therapist that I was texting I didn't know her name um it was just an emergency therapist I found online and dad drove me to see her her name was Rachel and um I I had like reached out and tried to see her because I was like I don't know what's happening I don't know if it's the medication I had just upped the dose and then I missed a night and I missed sleep and I was like I don't know what to do if I need to take the medication again it was just sertraline just SSRI but um I think maybe a lot of change with the relationship the the meds just being in a new environment again like all of that together was like too much and so I went to the emergency therapy and she had proposed the idea of checking into a mental hospital and that scared me because of you know what what I've heard about your experience and I it was a much different environment than it was like yours you know Mm -hmm. like very different drastically different you had a good experience (laughs) yeah no (laughs) um but yeah I was there for a week I I, like voluntarily checked myself and then I kept trying to leave because I was like listening to everyone else's stories and I was like there's no reason for me to be here I have it all together I'm I'm conscious I'm good and these people are confused for some reason and I was like I don't know why mm-hmm. and then it kind of like I realized like oh like I don't know if they're confused or like what's going on but like it just the way um I don't know who the people are that like would walk around like the the nurses the text text just the text kind of like uh like yeah. they're just like disregard for human emotion or like yeah. empathy <laughs> um yeah. it was like a huge shock because I'd never been like you think if they're like in a nurse outfit like they'd be like uh like more caring and supportive but it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that and I know maybe they they have long overnight hours and maybe that's why mm-hmm. maybe they're like too tired to like actually you know put any energy into these people but that's something else (laughs) that's that's something else um but yeah so I was there for a week um and then I went home I was doing therapy that was really helpful um 
in the hospital, the psychiatrist that I was seeing there, he put me on like three different medications. And then I had gained like 40 pounds. And um, that was kind of hard because I was like, I had just left a relationship. And then I was like feeling like I had such low self-esteem. And then the extra weight weight gain, that didn't make sense to me. I didn't realize it was the the medication, the one of the medications that caused that. Um, and I went back to a new psychiatrist and I told her about all these things happening. And she she gave me like a weight loss referral. And I was like, I was kind of like, are you kidding? Like, I know it has good intentions, but it's like, yeah, you know, like I, I think. When was this? I this was in January, like January 2022 20, or 2023. It, but it was like, because yeah. I had a seizure from one of the medicines. Was I had, this was no, it was the medicine that it was. Yeah, I had the tattoo, but the medicine was the reason that I had the seizure. That's what they said at the ER at one point I was on three different medications and one of them was for sleep um there was an antipsychotic and then an antidepressant and all three of those I was like not myself like everyone that knew me was like even mom you look dead behind your eyes like you don't even look like you Mm -hmm. and that was hard because I was like I don't want to be on the medicine and like to hear everyone say Say that that. I'm not myself yeah I know I know, and then I believe that doctor was like, "Oh, there are so many bad yeah. psychiatrists who are like, oh, I'll just give you a weight, yeah, weight loss referral." And they're not really listening to like what the to problem, you. yeah, and like this is like because I think, and then for you to even be able to say like relationships, the the medications, new environment, you knew all of yeah the factors, and most people don't. No, most people don't. They're just like, I know I'm not happy, and then- so all the way from the fir- first diagnosis. Then the hospitalization, the meds. Was it right before senior year? So I was, it was my junior year. I left, I'm not going to say his name, fuck him. Um, (laughs) I left him and um, yeah. Now you have a really supportive partner. We love. He's very sweet. And I got to meet. Yeah, you I got him. to meet him and <laughs> me and Dan, my husband and our whole family. And he is just the best. Like I seeing you so happy and so supportive and so kind, because especially when you have an abusive relationship, toxic environment, and then on top of that, when you have this kind of relationship and then you come home and you're trying to find yourself and then you're still in school, but then now you're in the transition of like being done with that. But I think that that makes such a huge difference because I know for me why Dan makes such a huge difference for me, but I want you to share why does, and I can say his name, right? James. Okay. I know. So why does, and why, why does James make such a difference for you? Um, well, we we've been together like three months now like it'll be four months next week and it's still pretty new but not that new it's just it's completely different than any of my past relationships I've had a lot of relationships (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, but yeah like it was it was always kind of like I don't know like me and him haven't said I love you and I like that's kind of weird to me because I'm like we've been together three months but like also it's kind of like it's nice to take it slow and not feel like a pressure to be like, why aren't you saying it? Why aren't you doing this? Yeah. Like, it's not like not, neither of us are like coming at it from a point of low self-esteem or anything like that. Like, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, it's like with the last guy before James, it was the last guy I dated, not 
anyone in between um <laughs> but the last guy I dated he was like just really controlling and like really manipulative he was it scared me because he was studying psychiatry and I didn't want to go to a psychiatrist and he was the one that told me to go and I was on the same medicine he was on uh same diagnosis he had and like a fourth of the dose um <laughs> so I was like I, I was hesitant from the start because I was like I know like people that study psychology aren't bad people like you studied it and you're a great person mm -hmm. and I have many friends that they go into it to try to help other people and also to understand themselves yeah. and like it with him it just seemed like he wasn't trying to help anyone mm -hmm. like he he got expelled from U of A mm -hmm. <laughs> he had four felony I, uh, charges he I had remember. two firearms um oh. yeah but James is like we met in god we met in April it was like two weeks before I graduated and I remember I saw, <laughs> I saw your Insta. Well, I remember I told you, I was like, Vienna, you were liking his stuff from, oh, and, and it was a joke. And I was like, I, you know him for so long, but yeah. I think the other thing that I think is really cool about you is before we hit record, you told me downstairs, you talked about sobriety. So he's like, it, you said okay. it's been two months since you've had a drink. And that's actually something that I've been trying to work on. And I, and I told you, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm trying to, you know, this, to, I have a goal of, you know, maybe in 2024, I've cut out a lot with drinking, like going from drinking like five times a week, getting drunk, blackout all the time, partying, and you have a similar experience as well. So I want to hear from you. Where did you get this idea to like try sobriety and, and how has it been making a difference for you so far? Okay. That's a fun question. Um, okay. Yeah. So in high school it was not hard to get access to to drinks you know what I mean I wonder why yeah um <laughs> like where, where we were like the environment and all the people at our school it was easy um and so like I started drinking when I was probably 18 17 18 mm -hmm. um and it was like fun it was like with me and my friends and then in in college it was kind of like oh like you're an adult but you're not 21 so like you have to like you know, figure out how to get a drink without actually getting in trouble. So <laughs> it was like trying to figure out like how to, I don't know, still fit in and be a part of like your friend group and everything and not feel like, you know, like, oh, like, it's not like I, I was peer pressured. I like drinking. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my friends, she had a boyfriend, they weren't dating, but he literally put alcohol to my lips at a party. And I was like, I said, no, Cameron. And he was like, drink it drink it and then like just yeah yeah justin and joey were like we're like what the fuck is happening and we yeah. all literally left i was like yeah. uh we're not gonna be friends with that guy anymore <laughs> like yeah. we're cutting him out um but that was like freshman year of college and like we just went crazy and had fun and then it was like covid hit we were at home in march mm -hmm. and then in august i went back for sophomore year um and it was kind of like oh i'm not 21 yet but i will be soon like finally and then when I turned 21, it was like, in like yeah. our family, it's like, oh my God, 21. Yeah. But it was, it was kind of like, oh, like this wasn't like what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Like, it was kind of just like, oh, I, I, I already have been drinking. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And then with the last ex, like when I turned 21, I met him like two months after I turned 21 and all we did was really drink and stuff and like I wrote a whole song about him <laughs> I'm, just, I'm gonna release it soon but yeah all he wanted to do was just, like drink and smoke but then he also was kind of like double standards and being like you can't if I'm not like you can't do this if I'm not like I'd bring a bag of chips or something and he'd be like you can't bring that because I can't eat that and I'd be like yeah I he had no self-control um but anyway <laughs> okay so, so like yeah the sober two months. two months yeah so in 
July, it was kind of like, like a lot of like anxiety attacks and like stuff like that. And then I was like, I don't really see the point of drinking, honestly. Like all it does is, it literally is a depressant and all it is is bringing you down. And like, I'm sure like if you do it in a right mindset, it's different, but it's like when I was low, like it's not something I want to go lower. So drinking is fun. And like, I like having a drink or so, but it's not, I don't see it as worth it to me. I feel like college was just kind of like for fun. And then it's like, I graduated now. I'm like, do I really want to keep doing this and going on this? That's really good. Cause I feel like for you, I know, well, I know for me, I didn't ever have an idea of, oh, I should stop drinking as much. It started out with, I'm going to cut back, which was like a couple years ago to now it's like this year is like, Oh, I want to just be completely sober, but then it's like, okay, I'll have a one drink here and then once a month drink or whatever. But I think for you to be able to know that and decide that in this point in your life is like huge because I, then I think that's hard. Cause I feel like, especially with the pressure you're saying from society as everyone goes out and if you're not drinking, why isn't she not drinking? Is she an alcoholic? Is she pregnant? All these things. But I think, I think it's really, I think it's really good. And I think the other thing too, is you talk about, uh, uh, you brought up too, like how it makes you feel. And then when you're going out and getting so wild with it, not feeling good and knowing how that ties in. So I want to ask you too, because I know someone brought up a point and you can speak on this if you want to, but it's called having a mixed episode. So when you're having the spiral of the cycles between having a lot of feelings of the depression, but then also manic and not being able to sleep, not being able to slow down and feeling like you're experiencing both at the same time. If you want to speak about like your experience with that. Yeah. So, um, gosh, after the seizure, the seizure was December 21, 2021. Um, I got this tattoo done. Um, it's like on my collarbone for those of you that aren't on the video. I don't know if we're going to post it or not, but, um, (laughs) um, but yeah, I got the collarbone tattoo done. My first tattoo, like I went from my dorm, I walked myself downtown Flagstaff. Um, and then I walked myself back to my dorm, went and showed all my friends at the desk. And then, uh, after that, I went to go get Starbucks on the way to food. I literally woke up in the ambulance. And then I was kind of like, I went back for spring um, 2023. So yeah, I think I'm getting the timeline mixed up. But so that was December 2022, the, this. And then yeah. um, spring 2023 was when I was kind of like a lot of depression. It was like, I'm finally going to be done with school, but I don't think I want to finish. And I don't think I'm gonna like it's all I've ever done and that's kind of how it is like here in Arizona and in America and like everywhere <laughs> like it's like yeah you're in school all your life and like then you grow up and for a lot of people it could be at 18 and then for some people it could be at like 22 23 25 and then some people continue to pursue masters you did a master's or doctors is that phd yeah (laughs) like they keep for more and i'm like i'm exhausted i'm ready to leave it was really hard like i i had a lot of support in my role as a community assistant um my supervisors like i could talk to them about my mental health and even my coworkers. everybody was very like um uh like sensitive and supportive of everything that i was like experiencing and it was it was nice having like a strong support system like there was about like 13 14 15 of us um and it was just it was really nice to I don't know like I lived where I work which sucks because people could knock on your door whenever they want but it was also great because you could um 
if you wanted to hang out with friends, you could just invite them to your room. And like, that's what I was doing in fall 2022. And like, we would like my friends, um, like we would hang out and like do stuff like that. Um, and then in, I had the seizure and then in spring, I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to like, not drink, not going to do anything. I'm just going to like hang out by myself and like focus on school. And then it was really stressful. So I was like, this is my last semester, like being away from home. And then I have to move back home. Um, and I just, I don't know. I was not looking forward to graduation. I was not, I mean, it was fun. I was really excited and like felt like such a relief off my shoulders, but it wasn't like, um, oh, I feel accomplished. Like, look at all I did. It was more like it's done. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you work your ass off for like how many years? And like, then it's like, now it's over. Now what? Yeah. Well, I think like, I remember you literally been in school your entire life. So you go, go to high school. Then if you go right from high school, like, like you, like right from high school to college, some people take a break, you know, but, but then like you went straight, like you did the whole time and now you're done and you're like, okay, now just trying to find yourself after school. What do I do? Am I going to do something with what I wanted to study? You have to network, put yourself out there interviews. And like, obviously you guys know if, if you're listening to this and you've been doing some research into the job market, then you know how hard it can be trying to find something that's a fit for you. And whether it doesn't matter what profession you're looking in, just getting people to respond because some people don't respond back. They don't say anything. They don't follow up with you. Yeah. So I think that is what you're dealing with is like being done with school, having worked so hard. So that was the thing too. If you guys didn't catch it, she worked in, um, uh, community assistant in her dorm for two years. So she did that. And basically like the benefits, right. You got, that was all free. So food, um, free housing, free meals. And it technically was part-time technically. And then I remember that when you talk about reaching this milestone of I'm at graduation, I should feel so excited. I remember so many people telling me that too. Like I worked so hard for this, but now what do I do? Like now where are you going and what are you doing? So I feel like the thing that I think is helpful in what you listed is you changed so much of your life. And I feel like seeing that from how you were before and just dealing with that the abusive, toxic relationship, the environments with the partying and just the people who don't support you and don't lift you up and support these changes because it can be hard. Cause I know I've definitely lost friends when I, you know, mentioned, Oh, I want to try to, you know, experiment with sobriety and just cut back and like drink less. And then eventually like having a goal of, I want to see what this is like. I'm not really sure, but you being able to say, look, like I'm on this journey right now and not having people respecting that, but then having a supportive partner, I feel like a big thing for us is I feel like growing up, we didn't have as close as a a family. We didn't have that as much, but now over the years, like we've been able to like come a lot more together. We do trips together. We're able to have more conversations, which I think has played a huge part for me being able to manage because you're always going to have days where you're not happy. You're not in a good place, no matter how much work that you do, no matter how much therapy you go to, no matter if the medications you're on are working or not, you're always going to have days like that. So I know the one last thing that I wanted to ask you, because I know we're going to have some dinner together, which I'm super excited about. And I know that we're going to be able to just hang out a little bit more after this too, but I know obviously with the podcast name, so live well bipolar, I wanted to ask you if you can tell me in your own words, what it means to you to live well bipolar. 
Okay. Um. So to me, um, I did write some notes. So I'm gonna yes, <laughs> reference I my know. notes. Um. Okay. Um. I would say just learning to set boundaries, not just for your mental health, but like for your sanity. Like if you're not setting boundaries and you don't respect your own boundaries, no one's gonna respect your boundaries. Um. And like learning. Um. I guess when to leave things or people or experiences that if they drain you or if they don't make an effort or like how you were saying with the like some of your friends don't support you trying to be sober and they just it's it that just ends the relationship and that's horrible like (laughs) that shouldn't be like a deal breaker for a friendship but with some people that's how it is and to live and experience life and build a strong support system um have people in your life that like understand this is a serious mental illness um for a lot of people and you know medication helps to manage it but it's not there's no magic cure (laughs) it's not just one just one thing one and done it's it's something you have to work for and you have to work for your mental health you have to work for your self-development and not just taking medication but going to therapy or journaling writing down your emotions just don't hold it not holding things in or not holding on to anything just letting things flow did I talk too long you guys I was sitting here and I I feel like you might not know this about me but every episode I do I take so many notes so I'm always writing things down and when she was talking I was writing everything because so many points that you talked about especially boundaries you talk about boundaries and how no one is going to respect yours unless you're able to set them And being able to know when to walk away from situations, building up your support system. And also, I love how you talk about knowing that this is a serious mental illness and that, you know, there's components that play a part in being able to have a good life that you're trying to put together is you talk about the medications can help manage that, but there's no cure. And I love that you mentioned working for your mental health and investing in yourself. So not just thinking, okay, I go to my appointment, I take my medicine, I'm good. I should be good. Like, why isn't it working out? But really being able to play an active part in that. So that to me, it means so much because for me, that's exactly what it means for me. When I think about Live Well Bipolar, this podcast, what Live Well Bipolar looks like for me and, and remembering that on your good days, on your bad days, all of these messages. And you guys, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so happy. I was thinking about doing this for so long. And I remember I was like, I want to ask Vienna, but I don't want to like come out and be like, do you want to come on the podcast? I want to have your own story. I want you to want to be here and share. And then when someone reached out and a couple other people were asking that, I would always say, I was like, I have a family member who has a bipolar too. And I would never say sister, because that's your story to share. I don't want to just I, oh, I know her, you know, we're related. But then when I came to you and she was, was like, yes, like I would love to come on. We can get into it. And I know I want to thank you for doing that because it's not easy to come on and tell your experience because you have to be vulnerable and be okay with that. But to see how far you've come and just celebrate the fact that you were able to, to navigate and you were able to get to this place that you are now and still continue to pursue that your passions And really stay true to that. And you're not scared to let people know your boundaries, the respect that you have for yourself and having James, having such a supportive partner, and then also just staying so dedicated to what's important to you. So I'm so proud of you for all that you've done. And I know I'm so proud of you for graduating. You guys, she just graduated this past May, right? And she graduated from NAU with film 
4.0 film degree, super smart, so intelligent, like the hardest worker I know. And I'm going to be more proud to call her my sister and have her come on because I know it's, this is something I've always wanted to do is just hear her perspective because you guys know my story with my hospitalization, bipolar one. And now I wanted to share her story and her perspective on bipolar two, the experiences she's had, the good, the bad, the ugly, where she's at. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have enjoyed putting it together for you. And I cannot wait to release it out into the world and share some more details to come. So as always, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, for listening and just showing up for yourself. And on that note, I want to say goodbye to you guys. And I want to say goodbye to Vienna. So I love you, Vienna. And thank you so much for coming out. You were amazing and we need to do some more of these soon. So yay. <laughs> Thanks, Ferris. It was fun being a guest. I love this conversation. And I wanted you just to share from your experiences. You did it and we're out here and I can't wait to share it. So I love you. Right. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>